Now a certain man, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus replied, I tell you the solemn truth, unless a person is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb and be born a second time. Can he? Jesus answered, I tell you the solemn truth. Unless a person is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must all be born from above. The wind blows wherever it will, and you hear the sound it makes, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus replied, How can these things be? Jesus answered, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you don't understand these things? I tell you the solemn truth. We speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen. But you people do not accept our testimony. If I have told you people about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For this is the way God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved through him. The one who believes in him is not condemned. The one who does not believe has been condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Now this is the basis for judging, that the light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil deeds hates the light and does not come to the light, so that their deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light, so that it may be plainly evident that his deeds have been done in God. So today we continue from where we left off last time. Last time we saw Jesus cleaning the temple, taking out everyone that did not entail worship. We also saw him getting a lot of followers. But the author John writes that Jesus did not need any kind of testimony from man because he knew what was in man. Now in chapter 3, it's interesting that we have Jesus interacting with a certain man. 
and this man is called Nicodemus. He is a Pharisee, which is a subgroup within the larger Jewish faith in those days. He was also a member of the Jewish ruling council. So from these statements, we can infer that Nicodemus was wealthy and that Nicodemus was quite influential. He comes to Jesus at night, and I'm now inferring from John chapter 3, verse 2. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, because no one could perform the miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Here we see Nicodemus confessing that we, whoever he is representing, maybe it's the larger Jewish faith, maybe it is specifically the Pharisees, maybe just him and some people that he is aligned to. He confesses that we know that you are from God and that God is with you. The question then becomes, is this knowledge strong enough is this knowledge legitimate enough and sufficient enough for him to then believe in Jesus as the Messiah? And not just any Messiah, but the Messiah that Scripture had prophesied, the Messiah that would come and die for our sins. That kind of Messiah. Or did he expect him to be the Messiah that would come and kick out the Romans? This is really the biggest question. Is his knowledge legitimate? Is his knowledge pure? Then we see in verse 3, Jesus flipping the narrative. And he says that knowing is not enough. But unless you are born from above or born again, you won't see the kingdom of God. See, Nicodemus comes to Jesus saying, I know that you are from God. Jesus tells him, okay, unless you were born from above, you can't see the kingdom. Being born and knowing all have different connotations because knowledge is knowing something. I know that this is a table, but will I use it? This is a pen, but will I use it to write? But to be born again has the action of living and being and applying all that you know. And in this case, Jesus is trying to push Nicodemus to move from merely knowing to now living it. And so he tells him, unless you are born again from above, you won't see the kingdom. Now, of course, there appears to be a... Uh, disconnect between what Jesus is saying and what Nicodemus understands. Because Nicodemus then says in verse 4 that how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb and be born a second time, can he? And this is on the surface really beautiful because what Jesus says, unless a person is born from above, that word above in the Greek could also mean again. And so what Jesus is saying is born from above. What Nicodemus understands it to be is to be born again. 
And so, on the surface, there's that misunderstanding in a linguistic manner. But underneath, there's that deeper spiritual misunderstanding. And so, Jesus then goes ahead to answer. Because remember, Nicodemus is asking, How can I be born again? I am old. I cannot enter my mother's womb and be born a second time. So, how can I be born again? And maybe that's a question you're asking. What does it mean to be born again? And Jesus has a response in verse 5. Because Jesus says, Unless a person is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now he makes the shift. He's not merely talking about seeing it, but now entering the kingdom of God. And he says, you have to be born of the spirit and water. And of course, what does this really mean? If we go to verse 7, we see that Jesus talks to Nicodemus. And he tells him, Don't be amazed that I said to you, you must all be born from above. Don't be amazed that I said this. Nicodemus is amazed. He's wondering, what does it mean to be born of the Spirit? And to quell his amazement and our amazement, what is Jesus talking about when he says, I have to be born of the Spirit. Jesus then goes ahead and talks about what it means. Now, I want you to understand, Jesus does not come up with a formula. To be born of the Spirit means to experience this and to do this. He comes up with a really amazing response in verse 8 and he says, The wind blows wherever it will and you hear the sound it makes, but you don't know where it comes from and where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Notice Nicodemus asks Jesus, How do I get born again? And you ask that maybe. And Jesus looked at Nicodemus and he told him, you have to be born of water and spirit. Fine. That's a response. And so Nicodemus is amazed. What do you mean be born of water and spirit? Jesus then does not answer that in the way that we expect it. But he answers what it means to be born of the water and spirit. How does your life change? And he says, when you're born, when you're born with the spirit, you behave differently. Some people might call you a weirdo. But he says, you know how you can't see the wind? You can't touch it. It's not a physical thing. It's the same way when you're born of the Spirit. Because your life changes 
in ways that are confusing. But he says this, the wind that blows wherever it will, and you can hear the sound it makes. This are, we use our senses to infer what the wind does. But you can't really say where it's going, where it's coming from. But you know that the wind is there. So everyone that is born of the Spirit, that is a spiritual person. You won't see them shining like the sun or floating in the air like a bird or speaking in tongues. But like the wind, their character describes them, right? Their fruits. You can see that this person is being led by the Spirit. They're loving, they're kind, they're full of joy, they're gentle, they have self-control. Yes, they might manifest the gifts as well of the Holy Spirit. But all these are evidences that this person has been born again of water and spirit. And so we shift from that mystical notion of being born of the Spirit to a more practical idea, is that how we live our lives also tells us whether someone is born of the Spirit. And Jesus will expound on living according to the Spirit because he then goes on a tangent, seemingly, about talking how to live the truth. In verse 9, Nicodemus then asks, How can these things be? In other words, he is saying, That's impossible. I can't live like that. To live a life of purity, life led by the Spirit. <laughs> How can this be? Jesus says, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you don't understand these things? And so we, here we have a question. How is Nicodemus going to understand what Jesus is saying? In verse 11 we see that when Jesus and John the Baptist and Jesus' disciples all speak about what they know and testify about what they've seen. The people don't accept their testimony. In verse 12, we see that if Jesus has told the people about earthly things and they don't believe, how will they believe if he tells them about heavenly things? And the answer is really simple. A change has to occur for the people to adopt, to learn of Jesus, to receive the Spirit, to be born again. Only one answer satisfies all these things. And it's in verse 13. Jesus says, No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven the Son of Man. Who else 
as going to tell people about heavenly things, except the one who came from heaven himself. I mean, who's going to explain physics better to you than a physicist himself? Who's going to teach you biology than a biologist himself? Who is going to tell you about higher things other than he who has come from the highest of places, the Son of Man? The question then becomes, the Son of Man is the answer to what Nicodemus is asking. Is the answer to the questions you are asking. How can I be born again? How can I accept the testimony of Jesus Christ? How can I believe heavenly things? How do I understand what God is saying to me? Jesus says, I am the answer. But then the question is, how is Jesus the answer? And Jesus says in verse 14, that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Hold on. You see, the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because they distrusted God. And we have distrusted God. We have complained to Him. We have been angry with Him. We have hated Him. We have offended God. And so what happened to the Israelites? God allowed the people to experience the demise of their choices. And snakes came out and bit the Israelites. And the Israelites were dying. And so the people cried out, God, give us a way to be healed. And God told his servant Moses, Moses, take a pole, make a bronze serpent and put it on the pole. Lift it up and anyone who looks at the pole with the serpent on it will be healed. Guys, that's the same thing with us. We have been beaten by the serpent of sin. We make mistakes. We frustrate our friends, our families, the people we interact with. We mistreat them. And we feel guilty when we do the wrong things. And you ask yourself, what is the answer? And God says, the Son of Man, He was nailed to the cross and lifted up. And how will we get healing from the serpent of sin? By looking at Him. Notice what Jesus says in verse 15, everyone who believes in Him, everyone, not black, not white, not Jew, not Muslim. Everyone that comes to Jesus yielding to him 
will find all the answers that they are looking for. The answers to joy and peace and love and fulfillment. All that comes from looking at the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. When we look at Him, we get eternal life. And then we come to the most popular verse, the verse that is the backbone of this whole series. John chapter 3, verse 16. For this is the way God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Guys, everything that Nicodemus wanted to see, the kingdom of God, to enter the kingdom of God, to be born again of the Spirit, to live a life led by the Spirit, to understand spiritual things, to accept the testimony of Jesus and John the Baptist and Scripture. Everything Nico's heart yearned for all came down to believing in Jesus, the Son of Man. But of course, saying that we need to believe in Jesus is an easy thing. The question is, how? In verse 17, we are told that God did not send Jesus to condemn, but to save. The main question that we are now asking is how do we believe in Jesus? Verse 18, Jesus again emphasizes believing in him. He says the one who believes in him is not condemned. The one who doesn't believe is condemned already. And the reason that he is condemned already is because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Again, the question has not yet been answered, has it? How do you believe in the one and only Son of God? I know this is going to be challenging. But in Jesus' fashion, he doesn't say believing in God, as you would think, in a mystical way, uh, willpower, all that. He doesn't address it from that kind of direction. But he tackles it from quite a challenging perspective. The same perspective that he tackled the whole idea about being born of the Spirit. And it's this. He says that believing in God entails deeds of good. That is, if we believe in God, deeds of good are what we do. If we don't believe in God, then we do deeds of evil. And he says that everyone who does evil deeds hates the light. And does not come to the light. So that their deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth. That person comes to the light. So that it may be plainly evident. That his deeds have been done in God. 
It is circular. It is about being born of the water, that is baptism. It is about being born of the Spirit, that is receiving the Holy Spirit into our lives. It is about accepting Jesus Christ as the Son of Man, as the Son of God, as our Savior, who saves us from death and gives us life. It's about having deeds of good that are in agreement with the truth that we have learned, with the truth that the Spirit has revealed to us. It is a holistic belief in the Son of Man. And I know that this is challenging. But you know what? I hope and do pray that you will be challenged to believe with the Son of Man with all your heart, all your strength, and all your might. And that you will love God even as He loved you and gave everything for you.